It's really hot. No, it's not. It's not that hot, really. I mean, comparatively, for the last... Comparatively, is that a word? I don't think that's a word. The last couple days, it hasn't been as bad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Kuiper Bitches After Dark. This time, it's personal. <laughs> this time, it's personnel. <laughs> what the what the hell, man? I'm your host. <laughs> your boy, Jubby. Or Jusby. Or, or Justin. Justin. Or whatever you want to call me. I'm, I'm, or dumbass. I'm, the other one. Bobsby. <gasps> oh, I like calling you Juby sometimes. Ju yeah, see, like, I've got... I've got a hundred names. Juby's pretty good. Not, Juby's, Juby's just, solid. As much as you can mismangle and mumble out Jusby is how you can call him. Yeah, uh, Josh. <laughs> oh, Josh is, uh, like, Juice and... You mean not Justin. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, for, for context, I have an identical twin. It's it's how it goes. He looks like the same as me, and it confuses people. Who else is in this show now? Um, also in this show is uh, Resident Chiefs fan Matt Dustman. Hey, it's me. Professional sports broadcaster Nate Kuyper. That's me. And the stats man. Me. Octo, the Octopath Traveler himself. <laughs> Corey. They named the game after him. Yes. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. My middle name is Octo. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't your middle name be Path? <laughs> First name Octo, middle name Path, last name Traveler. My my dad was a big fan of uh, James Bond movie Octopussy. Uh, <laughs> that's a good excuse. So, so, we are now a weekly show starting yeah, this, this is our week, first, I guess. This is our first weekly episode. Yeah. Luckily, so, luckily uh, we don't have anything to talk about. Nothing that's uh, no nothing no, nothing no, at no all two happened. stories that happened almost simultaneously that are gonna make Kuiper really sad. Yep. Speaking of stories, let's begin the show with the only weekly Ooh. football news show segment you need to care about. It's the Jubby Report. Welcome to the Jub Rub. The what? The the Jub Rub? Yeah. All right. Okay. I wrote that in my script. I don't know why. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, looking directly at Kuiper when I say this, is reportedly skipping training camp once again this year after declining a contract deal with his team. Steelers fans, get ready for him to be lackluster the first four weeks of the season. I personally can't wait for him to replace LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo after he goes to jail. Oh, damn. How the hell has LaShawn McCoy not gone to jail yet? Because like, how's that process. just, like, Jesus, man. He's getting investigated, dude. That's true. And then you even think? then, when he when he gets sentenced, might get, you know, well, we, when shit starts going down, he'd probably be off on bail for a little bit. We don't know how long it would take, yeah. Yeah, we have no idea. It's a process. Think they signed Chris Ivory that we predicted. That is true. Did you sign Chris Chris Ivory, which is uh, something that me and you did? That was fun. That was a fun time. Yeah. I remember that. In the exact opposite thing just happened news, Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski is re uh, expected to report to training camp amid his ongoing contract negotiations. I don't blame the Patriots for being antsy about extending his contract. I bet I can count the amount of games he plays this year on two hands. Well, thank God you have that many. What, ten? Two hands. No. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, 
If you, if you have one hand, don't feel bad about it. it happens to people. It happens. It happens to the best <laughs> the, of us. There, man. there is a percentage of people there with is, one hand. There are people do exist. There is probably dozens of you. Damn, dude. Browns once <laughs> the Cleveland Browns one bad week away from being a starter quarterback. Baker Mayfield tweeted a picture of himself and fellow teammate Jarvis Landry with Twitch Megastar Ninja, saying he's a Browns fan. Everybody makes mistakes, right? <laughs> this would be uh, Ninja's second mistake, yes. Yes, it would be his second mistake. <laughs> Finally, it's a short one this week because we're going weekly now. Mm. In a recent appearance on NFL Network, Rams running back Todd Gurley attributed much of his success in 2017 to his coach Sean McVay, saying, quote, Thank God for Coach Mavay coming in here and putting us in a great position. Let's file that one under no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and that's the Jubby Report. I really like that. That's good oh shit. God. You're grilling Todd Gurley. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so this is the part where you want me to just yell about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm not going to yell about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, plot he, twist. Yeah, that's a plot twist. Here's why. Um... I had I had this dis- obviously like my entire family. Well, my dad's side of the family is all Steeler fans. My dad's Steeler fan. My brother's a Steeler fan. So I've had this discussion numerous times. So it might come across as a little rehearsed, but I didn't. Not in the sense that I rehearsed it for this. I've just said this a couple of times. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell is going to be 27 years old when he hits free agency. He will most likely. Because there was an initial rumor that he was going to set out half the season, and that's a load of bull. Like, that's not going to happen. He even said that, like, 2018 is going to be his best year ever. How could that be if you're going to set out half the year? He's also not going to miss out on $9 million to just prove a point. He he, The, the contract didn't get done. So, like, obviously, he cares enough about his money that he's not going to just flush $9 million down the toilet to not play. Um, He's going to be 27. He's going to probably, two years in a row, get over 400 touches, which is absolutely absurd. Like, that's otherworldly. Um, I, I don't think it's going to affect him this year at all. I mean, he's sitting out training camp again, so that's just less, and probably all the preseason, so that's just less uh, wear and tear on his body leading up into the season, I guess. But Le'Veon Bell's not worth more than $15 million. There's not a running back that walks the face of the earth that's worth more than $15 million because running backs have the shortest shelf life out of any position. Even if you're like a committee guy, like everyone was thinking, you know, oh man, DeMarco Murray went to Philly and he was a committee guy and it's going to extend his career. And then he goes to Tennessee and he's a committee guy. and It's going to extend his career. He retired at 30, at 30 years old. Uh, same thing, and not the, not the exact same situation, but like we, and I'll admit, I, I kind of got suckered into it that, man, Marshawn Lynch kind of sucks now because he's over 30. And the Steelers were planning on signing Le'Veon Bell until he was 31 years old. And I'm glad we didn't because that would have been awful. That uh, last year, you think? Well, the last three years yeah. would have been awful. He's, he's going to get, in the, over the course of two seasons, he's probably going to get close to. 800 touches. That's insane. The guy's already had two knee injuries that knocked him out the entire year. He's had two suspensions. He clearly doesn't have the same mindset as far as when it comes to the team that Antonio does because Antonio took 
less money this year, despite the fact of him having a really good season and now being on the cover of Madden and, you know, all of that type of stuff. He clearly cares enough about his money that he's willing to sort of, I don't want to say threaten the Steelers, but kind of have this sort of back and forth type of tug of war thing. Do I want to see Le'Veon Bell play for another team? No. But I certainly would rather have Le'Veon Bell play for another team when it's no longer his prime. Because this year and maybe next year are going to be the last two years, most likely, that we see this Le'Veon Bell. Like this 400 catches, 1,500 scrimmage yards, you know, double-digit touchdowns. This, the, the Le'Veon Bell we have right now will only exist unless he's LeBron James, which I don't think he is, as far as, like, how he takes care of his body and how he holds up. Also, basketball players tend to last longer. Right, and basketball players, of co- yeah, of course. Basketball players, you know, last way longer than your average NFL running back does. But, I don't know, man. It, it's It's not nearly as heartbreaking for me as maybe other people, and maybe that's just me being like a cruel heartless fan but sorry dude like i've seen my team play without you numerous times and we're we're okay like we're fine i've seen us win games without you i saw us go to the playoffs and come within a couple plays away of beating denver who ultimately ended up winning the super bowl without you so i just it's upsetting to me that out of one side of his mouth he says I want to retire a Steeler. He said that. He literally tweeted that from his own personal Twitter account. It wasn't like, oh, his agent said it. No, Le'Veon Bell tweeted out, I wanted to retire a Steeler. But then at the same time, him saying that the NFL is a tough business, like he's blaming it on the NFL. Like, no, dude. Like, they were going to give you $15 million a year. Over the first two seasons, you were going to get $33 million. It's not the NFL. It's not the NFL's fault. They were going to pay you $6 million more than the guy right underneath you. So it's don't blame the NFL. It's you. It's your fault. Like, if you take that deal, then you you get financial security until you're well past your prime as far as a running back goes. 31 is ancient as far as running backs go. And quite frankly, that's probably your last contract ever. Unless something happens and, you know, after the first two, three years, you're just really, really injury prone and whatever happens. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. And especially with Bell, who's already had two significant knee injuries, you just never know. Um, I'm not upset at the idea that potentially this could be his last year. I'm more upset about the fact that the only reason we're not going to keep him is because he is because of him like his own personal idea of what he's worth. So uh, his agent said something along the lines of like, oh, they want to pay the position and not the player. I'm like, that's not true. No no running back in the NFL is making over $9 million. He's, he was scheduled to make 15. That's not paying the position. That's paying the player. So that's all I have to say. So if yeah. you three want to chime in and... Uh, I just say whatever you want to say about it. I just think he's an idiot. Yep. I mean, and it's plain and plain it's simple. Just, I don't want to be paid like a running back. I want to be paid like an elite offensive weapon. 
The elite offensive weapons get paid fifteen million or get paid fifteen million. Yeah. And yeah. Someone like Des Bryant was getting paid fifteen million a year. Someone like did you see the Brandon Cooks deal? That's like, exactly it, what he's making, yeah. Right around in the ballpark, yeah. It's like if you're an elite player and you get and you get offered that kind of money, at, especially as a running back. Like right. That's like crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I do believe I am in the camp that running back is an underpaid position. I think it is. Uh, I, I think even I think even if fair... even if their their shelf life is less, that has nothing to do with the actual value of the player compared to a wide receiver position. They're right. just running backs are just as much, if not more, of an valuable asset to a team as a wide receiver. In right. fact, I might even say more because a, a, at least at least a third of the product of a wide receiver is the quarterback that's throwing to them, where a running back can do a lot on their own, i.e., Dave Johnson. Yeah. Or any, so, of the, any of the elite running backs. I yeah. think that... And the whole idea that Le'Veon is acting as if... Like, there was that there was that thing a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, that he feels, like, vilified by the fans of Pittsburgh and whatever, which isn't true. Like, there is no a Steeler fan walking the face of the planet that dislikes Le'Veon for what he's doing. Like, even me, like, sitting here, like, kind of bashing his decision-making, I'm not mad at him. I understand. Like, the dude averages, he's the single, in the history of the NFL, for everybody that qualifies, he is the all-time scrimmage leader, scrimmage yards per game leader, ever, in history. Like, that's, that's how good he is. And he's already, he's in, like, the middle of his prime. So there's nothing really stopping him from keeping it, to be honest with you, as long as, you know, he doesn't have some sort of catastrophic injury. And even if he does, it's not like it's going to hurt his average because he's not going to be playing if he gets injured. So mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from. It's just, my God, man, like you walk away from that contract, like that final contract, which was what? I think it was five years, uh, $70 million, is insane for a running back like how much more are you going to make next year when you go play for the dolphins or the colts i think it's going to be the bills or the ravens or the bills or some other team what are you going to make 19 million dollars like that's really what you're holding out for i just well here's the thing the the highest non-quarterback like paid in the nfl is von miller at 19 million per year how much more does Le'Veon expect at 15 million the the amount of players that make fifteen million or more that are like offensive. You've won. You have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. Oh gosh, Brandon <laughs> Cooks, Nate Soldier, Jarvis Landry, AJ Green. After that, you hit Le'Veon's Bell franchise tag this mm-hmm. year at the yeah. fourteen and a half mil. How much more could he possibly want? Like you just said, right? To get paid. Like the only person on that list that I named that arguable Sammy Watkins. I think Sammy Watkins is going to get $16 million a year to catch, like, 25 passes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, like, all those other players, how does Le'Veon Bell justify getting even more than them? Like, maybe you can argue somewhat, like, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry, Nate Soldier. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think you justify it by Le'Veon Bell being the best offensive player in the NFL every year for the past three years. But, the, but you got to remember, when he hits this free agency, he will be 27 years old. Oh, I know. That's the big part of it. Well, well, like, just simply he, in, the, he, in the perspective of his contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, he missed his shot. 
like, if he wanted this deal, his best shot of getting it would have been two years ago. Oh, yeah. Would have been two years ago. And it didn't get done because the Steelers were looking at him like, dude, like, you've had two knee injuries, man. Like, you've been suspended twice. You're only 25 years old. Like, you're already burning the candle at both ends, dude. And he just kept fighting. So, like, okay, well, we'll franchise tag you. So, he played last year on the franchise tag. Now, fast forward to this year. He's doing it again. Now, they got to franchise tag him again. There's a part of me that, because he wants to retire a Steeler and because he said that, there is a part of me that is saying that, you know what, if, and listen, man, I'm, I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm not picking us to win. I almost never pick us to win the Super Bowl. But the only situation that I actually believe he stays is if they win, he gets the Super Bowl, and then goes to free agency, and the gap between what the Steelers are offering and what the next team is offering isn't a lot. That's the only fathomable way that he stays. Because at that point... He'll say, you know what, I want to be here. We just won a championship. It's, outside of Ben Roethlisberger, relatively a young team. I think the oldest player on the offense is Ben, and then after that it's Brown, and it's not like Brown's age is going to catch up to him anytime soon, the position he plays. So that's realistically the only way I think he stays, is you have to win a championship. Let him, you know, make your offers to him from the Steelers' perspective. And then if there's another team out there that's only offering him like maybe another four or five million dollars, if Le'Veon just says, you know what, I want to stay here. We just won a championship. What's even better? What's the only thing better than winning a championship is then defending it, or at least attempting to defend it. Like a lot of players say that it's like the best part about being Super Bowl champ is that now like you have to go out there and like try to like defend it in a way in a weird way. That's the only way that he stays. People put a target on you and you want it. Right, exactly. Like, like Philadelphia's doing a good job of that. Like, Philadelphia's embracing the fact that everyone's coming after him. That's realistically the only way I think he stays. Um, other than that, it's... I don't know, man. It's been, it's been a fun seven years. Going the way of smoking Jay. I guess. Going, yeah. over to, going to Miami or someplace and then, else. And then, but you know what, though? And going to the farm after that. And like I said, I'm not downplaying Le'Veon Bell. We all did our rankings about the top five running backs or top five running back situations. I think all of us had Le'Veon somewhere in the top five. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we all did. Number two, I think, from mine or I think, something I like think that. our overall had him at number yeah, two. Yeah, our overall had him at two. And I'm not trying to say that these guys behind him are going to be any good, but, like, a part of me kind of wants to see James Conner play. Part of me wants to see Samuels play, especially because Conner's from Pittsburgh. Like, he's from the University of Pitt, he's from the area, and he's such a a great story with the whole leukemia thing that he came back from and ended up playing. So, like, a part of me is kind of like, dang, like, even when Le'Veon's gone, like, we have people that can... At the very least, they're going to come in and they're going to be very... They're going to be embraced from the fan base because they're not going to be like, oh, here's our backup now because we don't have Levy. No, it's going to be James Conner, and everyone's going to be like, wow, like James Conner's from Pittsburgh. He went through what he went through. You know, he's our guy. So I don't know. That's that's the the Levy on thing for me. Yep. I'm probably the only Steeler fan that will say that. <laughs> I feel like any others will be like, is this going to be like, man, screw him. He don't want to play with the team. I don't like him. He's baby yins and yins and yins and yins. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to be really disappointed if you didn't 
put yins in there. <laughs> I have to. You, you gotta put off yin, with it. yins and yuns and yuns and you, yins. You, you capped it off proper. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to him playing again. When he's out there, it's, you know, it clearly makes us, I kind of made the, and, you know, moderate basketball fans here. It's kind of a similar situation with, like, Kevin Durant on the Warriors. The Warriors don't really need Kevin Durant. The Steelers, for, and pl- remember, I've seen them play without Le'Veon. They don't really need Le'Veon. It's just nicer to have him. It just makes things a little bit easier for Antonio and Juju and Ben. Um, and again, of course, you know, we don't have a, a D'Angelo Williams to come in behind him. But Anyway, that's the Kuiper rant about now, Le'Veon Bell. Transition to the things that we don't want to talk about. Me and oh, Matt have right. to do our team reports, and we're doing the teams we hate the most. <laughs> Matt oh, is doing the Raiders, and I am doing the Bears. This time it's personnel. This time it's personnel. That's right. Matt? Yes. Would you like to... You wouldn't like to, but would you start? Man, fuck the Raiders. <laughs> I hate this franchise so much. They are lucky the Browns exist. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, they would be the laughing stock of the NFL, and most of the time, they kind of are. Everybody makes fun of their fans, the black hole, their owner sucks, drafted kickers in the first round, I don't care how good he is. They made all this shit about their punter, and then they dropped him. They don't know what's going on. They're getting older. They just, they're horrible. A horrible franchise. That's why they're moving to Vegas. It's just bad. Is that it? No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just, you know. Drop the mic. <laughs> Boom, it's over. How about them bears? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, again, shitty ownership. They don't know what to do. They had a statistical anomaly in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's true, though. Like, how much – that team had some offensive talent and they had Khalil Mack and whatnot on defense, but they didn't have, like, a lot. That year was decided – 2016 was decided when they went 8-1 and one in games decided by seven <coughs> points or less. It was, it was pretty crazy. Like their that, one possession. That games. is not. A, that is not a stat that correlates year to year. They had that one game against the Buccaneers where they outgained them in yardage, like six hundred to like two hundred or something. But then they had like two hundred yards in penalties, and it took them all the way into f- a fourth down play at the last play of overtime to throw a forty yard pass to win the game. So like those kind of things don't carry over year to year. The, the statistical anomaly. That's why Del Rio got fired. Black Jack... Da, what was... Black Jack Del Rio. Black Jack Del Rio. Corey is not a fan of either. He he had a... He, he got a... He had a Black Jack in 2016, pulled a 21, and then he did nothing but bust all of 2017. And that's why they fired him. And instead of trying to, like, get young talent... A, one, a hot offensive or defensive coordinator in the league that other teams have done as you've seen what the Rams do with McVay and you see the Eagles do with uh, oh my god Doug Peterson yes I forgot the name for a second 
Like you, you see these coaches, these younger coaches that have stalwarts of, of big coach Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, people like that coming out and having success. No, we're going to get John Gruden. We're going to go get Chucky. You know, who big bad guy. <laughs> Giving him how much money was it? Or do you have that in your thing? No, I, I can't even. I do can't. you remember how much it was? It's 10 years, 100 million. Too much money. Too much money for a guy that's not that good. He vocally talks about how he doesn't like to adapt. Doesn't want to adapt. He's never been one to adapt. He he thinks what he thinks, and that's what he thinks. That's right. He is a he is a coach that has vehemently hated the shotgun formation, the formation that is most of football nowadays. Did you know? He also hates bubble screens. Yes. Which oh is my a big god. Thing. Yeah. Ooh. Did you know in 2006 uh when he was still coaching Tampa Bay Tampa Bay was the only team in the league that year that had that didn't run a single play from shotgun formation. They were 0%. They always had a quarterback under center. Jesus. It's what he does, dude. It, he doesn't he hates shotgun. Uh They've signed old vets in a league that's getting younger. I think Jordy Nelson, uh, Derek Johnson. Still have Marshawn Lynch. Still, oh, my God. Still have Marshawn Lynch. And I just don't... Their offensive I, line's really old. Oh, my God. Well, they drafted two new offensive linemen. They're yeah, supposed yeah. to, like, be good for them. But, like, really, Gruden went 38-26 and 26 in his first stint with Oakland. There's more wins and losses, but I wouldn't say it's, like, stellar. Right. Then arguably wins a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last six years that he coached in Tampa Bay, he was sub 500. And only reached the playoffs once or twice. Man. But th- that's 100 million 10 years. Right. And I half think they're getting ready to somewhat almost tank this year for another draft pick, like another good draft pick to set themselves up for when they move to Las Vegas. Hmm. I like the term. I like the term that I heard like lame duck year. I, I like that term. Like, like this is their last year in Oakland. They're going to run with all these old people to put butts in seats and then like clean house. It like their GM, Reggie McKenzie and Gruden aren't on the same page. They, they kind of, like, talk about how much they, like, get along, or Mackenzie's had interviews. Yeah, Gruden, we're going to do some stuff together. They don't actually like each other. No, they, they dislike each other a lot. You see reports or even behind the scenes, Gruden has slowly been taking over all football aspects of the organization. Head coach, GM, CEO. He's trying to be like Bill Belichick, but he's not Bill Belichick. Right. He's not. So, like... After they half tank this year, get a good draft pick, fire their GM, and Gruden takes full control, I think you're going to see like a pseudo-repeat of the Chip Kelly Eagles situation where that team just got worse and worse. And thank God the Raiders are going to get worse and worse. (laughs) 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 Uh, Their weaknesses... uh, Coming into the offseason were things like their secondary, their linebacker, their offensive line, running backs. They got rid of they pretty much got rid of all their like their two or three starting cornerbacks they had last year 
and they uh, traded in for Gron Conley and Rashawn Melvin. Um, Melvin is actually rated pretty well on Pro Football Focus. He was like uh, above average. I know he was green and he was like above average. I can't remember the exact number they gave him. So he'll probably be their best cornerback, and it's something that they sort of like uh, retooled a bit. But they're all first years. They drafted Nick Wilson, cornerback, in the fourth round. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. For some like fourth round talent, he was uh, purported to be like a decent cornerback, but he'll be their slot cornerback. But I just, I just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, their linebacking core is easily their largest weakness on the entire team. They traded out. They got Terrier Whitehead in free agency, but that's about all they have. They traded for Derek Johnson, who's old and should have retired to be a Chiefs linebacking coach. <laughs> um, then they have a couple second-year players, Emmanuel. Like, they have a couple second-year players like Emmanuel or Emmanuel Lamar who serviceable at best. The, their linebacking core is, like, extremely weak. Their, their defensive line's good. They, they have Cleo Mack. They drafted, um, oh, my God, that third-round guy. I, I forgot to write it down. That the third-round guy who would have yeah, yeah, been first-round talent. Maurice but, Hurst, yeah. Yeah, so they got him to go opposite of Mack and stuff, and, and their, you know, front whatever defensive line will still be good. They could still rush the passer and whatnot. But la- even last year, they had to blitz to support their pass rush, but their linebackers aren't going to be able to do much of that this year. And medium-range coverage, I don't know what they're going to do. Let's say their cornerbacks work out. All right, they can cover uh, one or two receivers, maybe a slot guy, maybe. But then what do you do when the running back comes out wheel routes what what happens when you play in the division with Travis Kelsey it'll go up and over the middle on you every time and you don't have a linebacker that can cover you like those kind of things are just bad for them and you would think Derek Carr would be a highlight like he should be in MVP voting in 2016 of that statistical anomaly season um <laughs> i just I'm still half wondering how much that leg injury from two years ago hasn't given him happy feet. He was a third-tier quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, last year. He was not good. Yeah, him and Marcus both. Obviously, they both had the same injury. They both, like, struggled immensely. Mm -hmm. And kind of how you said they both seemed like they had, like, happy feet at some point. He he felt like he didn't want to get hit as much, so he would get rid of the ball a little faster. He still ha- he still has good touchdown interception ratios and then you can maybe argue that he's over the the leg thing but then he had a back issue last year so we're talking about a quarterback that broken leg could be mentally affecting him potential back issues I, I just I don't know what you're gonna get out of him and then like I don't like Amari Pooper on principle. Or Amari Cooper on principle. Oh, uh, oh, you totally didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck Amari Cooper. Um, he has talent, and this is his first season as a number one wide receiver, though. Like he is their number one. He they, he doesn't have Crabtree next. He doesn't have Crabtree and him as the number two lining up at the slot anymore. He's the guy, and I don't know what you're gonna get out of him as far as that's concerned. And you brought it up a little bit ago, Kuiper. Marshawn Lynch is old and sucks. 
Doug Martin's not much better. What's he going to do for them? I, what, what is John Gruden going to do with this offense? He's going to take drugs for them. <laughs> take take drugs for them or from them? <laughs> for them. For them. Because <laughs> well, they can. Yeah. He's like, hey, guys, you don't want to do that. That's some bad shit. Let me do it for you. <laughs> can I just say, from, from an analyst standpoint, I love John Gruden. Like, John Gruden with a microphone right. is amazing. Like, I want... I pretty much want every single Raiders game to just have a live feed from John Gruden. So you could just hear what he's saying. Like, I don't want to hear the commentary during the game. Yeah, I, just want to, I just want to hear John Gruden during the game. Every, like, every game is a mic'd up game. With John right. <laughs> Absolutely. It might actually be, to be honest with you. Like, no, I agree with you. He, I liked him as an analyst, and I still think he is, like, a pretty good analyst. Mm-hmm. And I think his strength is quarterback coaching. So, like, if you have someone like Derek Carr and you can get him to get over those things... Yeah, franchise quarterback that can get good can carry a team no matter what their weaknesses are. So, like, there, there's outside potential there because Gruden is really good with quarterbacks. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, again, it, it's not like he was uh, – he. I don't understand why people think he's, like, some Hall of Fame tier coach. He, he's, he was good, but he, he's got all his popularity from being an analyst, which he's been good at. Mm-hmm. But he's also, again, been out of coaching for 10 years. And I don't care how good of an analyst you are. And I know like you could say, oh, you help people on the side. He does quarterback things. And he does some coaching. It's not the same you know, when he's doing it by himself. Now he's got to manage the whole team. And he's trying to take control. Or not trying. He's being given control of the entire organization. I just, I don't know. I don't like his chances. Especially, maybe, like, they have, like, some sort of glimmer of hope at the end of the year or something. Like, Raiders fans like to think about in their black hole of sadness. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, just, I just don't see it this year. Their ceiling is 5-11. and 11, Their floor is 0-16. Fuck the Raiders. I'm out. But I'm not out. It's just the Bears time. Um, speaking of out... Uh, I, bear, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Uh, I gotta do this. <laughs> For you audio listeners, which is all of you, Justin did <sighs> actually get up and almost leave. Almost. Almost. So what's up, guys? Go ahead and talk about the bears. How's your day, Jubby? Matt, that was really good, by the way. Oh, thank you. That was really good. Thank you. The reason why I didn't want to do this. Oh, uh, I know why. It's is because act, yeah. there is not much negative to say about the Bears right now. It's the opposite of Matt. It is the There's exact opposite. There's a lot of negative opposite. things to say about the Raiders. There's not many negative, th- negative things to say about the Bears. No, there is one negative thing about the Bears that I will end up talking about. Okay. Go ahead. But uh, let's start with the, the Chicago Bears are an absolutely dreadful football team. And I don't know why people love them. But, Maybe because they're from Chicago. I yeah, don't know. I, mean, I like I like Chicago sports except the Bears. Maybe they were born in 1985. It, it's possible. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but they have been sort of you know the North's laughing stock for a little bit. They're on the up and up. They are very much on the up and up. Um, let's start. Let's start from the top. Mitchell Trubisky, who I thought was going to be a joke, is not a joke. He's not great, but he's not a joke. No, he is enough 
He improved every single game. Yeah, he is. He has been consistently improving along the way. He will never. He will probably won't be an elite quarterback. But that's not really. They don't need it. No. You don't need an elite quarterback to be a successful football team. It's just like a big glop icing on your cake. I.e. If you Eagles. Yeah. If you have a. <laughs> you don't need them. If you have a. Well, I mean, if you have one, it it makes up for a whole lot of it stuff. Elevates your game. Look at look at the Patriots. Yeah it, yeah, it makes up for a whole lot. But if you don't have one, then your roster needs to be pretty solid, and that's that's exactly that's, what the Bears. Are yeah, trying that's what to you're going to get at. Yeah, is that the the Bears roster has been has been improved drastically this off season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you start with the filling. I think the biggest hole in the team, which was in receiver with Allen Robinson. Is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we talked about this last week. I think that's huge. It's absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Do you they also have, got Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who also like they they filled that hole just completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trubisky will actually have a a living body to throw to. <laughs> and that's is, not Tariq Cohen. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> yeah. Well, I said a living body. Um, I mean, he's okay. <laughs> He was good enough to take touches he was, he away has from some, Jordan Howard, that bastard. Yeah, and well, and, and another positive is Jordan Howard will be able to take it easier. Yeah. Um, where he was getting used and abused last season. Uh, so fortifying that offensive talent is nothing but amazing for them. I think they made a lot of really great moves, especially in the draft. Um, Roquan Smith. Ro- yep, yeah, uh, Roquan Smith. Um Outside linebacker, which I also like to call, <laughs> ouch, my ligaments burn position. <laughs> that's what you thats what you call outside linebackers? Yeah. Ouch, my ligaments burn? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> also, uh, I think uh, them re-signing Prince of Mukamara was a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, just, they have, on both sides of the ball, good lines. Yeah. Uh they're Above not average. Yeah, they're not great yet, but mm-hmm. the Bears have been running a marathon for probably about the last three years now. They, who, uh, oh god, who did they sign the guard from? From Green Bay. From Green Bay, yeah. They actually poached Sitton. A, yeah, they yep. signed. They poached Josh Sitton, who's a good guard. Oh, he's excellent. So I'm sad. <laughs> I want to see any Packer put on a Bears uniform. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but they've been they've been running this marathon for a long time. This is probably the first year they will start seeing results. The only downside to that is they are in. Well, there's a couple downsides. The 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 most major one is they're coming on the up in a division that just got infinitely more competitive. Um, with Aaron Rodgers returning, probably going on an angry revenge run. You have Kirk Cousins going to the Vikings, which are already an incredible team, just made better. Um, you can never at any point count Matt Stafford out. And so now you just you, this just turned into one of the most competitive divisions in football, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch. I mean, I the Bears can do whatever else they want as long as they, as long as we beat them two games. <laughs> they can go fourteen and two. I don't care. Oh yeah, as long as those two losses are to the Packers. Right. Who we went two and fourteen? Who? <laughs> Man, I don't know about that. I mean, just like last year, we didn't go to the playoffs, but won, we won the Super Bowl in my heart because we two out the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Now, the what I think is a glaring issue talking about the lines here, which I think is, is the spot where they, besides wide receivers, the spot they fortified the most and what they needed the most outside of it. Um, 
they do something that I'm going to officially call the rotisserie chicken. And the Bears have done this for a very long time, where they needlessly, constantly rotate their offensive line. There is nothing. I was going to say, I don't know where you're going with this, but there you is called it the rotisserie nothing. chicken. It is called the rotisserie chicken in my book now. The There is a uniform thing that most offensive linemen hate, and it's constantly playing different positions. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a. Even though you, you, from, you know, from somebody just looking at it, it's like, oh, they're just somewhere else on the line. It's drastically different. Drastically. So when. So when these when the Bears have been they've been doing this for probably a good five six years now, when you take a player and you move them to a different position on the line, they have to relearn everything. Mm-hmm. And there's a few players that are good at you know playing the different positions. A lot of the Patriots are used to it. The Patriots yeah, do it a bit. They do the rotisserie chicken a bit, mm-hmm. but it's not healthy, and it's not a healthy, it's not healthy for your line at all. It's not a healthy move. It never it was, never will be. It's part of what ruined Clay Matthews. Do you think uh, at a different position, obviously? Yeah, at a different position, but the same concept. Do you think bringing in Josh Sitton is, in a weird way, them trying to stop that because he can just you could just plug him in at one of the guard positions, and that's one spot where you no longer have to move people into because he's he can. Yeah, he could do it, but then they also drafted a center. They did. So. And they're they're still doing it again. It yeah. looks it looks obvious that they're getting ready to do it again. Mm. The rotisserie chicken is now part of the Bears' lifestyle, and they're fucking wrong. <laughs> I love, I love that metaphor. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. They're wrong. The the staff doing it are wrong. It's not it. Like sure, they could do it, and it might imp- like improve the team, but it it's bad. Like it's it's proven that it's bad for the linemen themselves. They got they got a new OC who brought in the offensive line coordinator from Notre Dame that had, like, five five-star offensive linemen. On oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah they, they were ready let, for the line to be good. Right, last year, I think they let 12 quarterback hits all year. That's that's what teams try to get in a game. Yeah. they le- It was insane. I, I, don't quote me on the exact amount, but it was around that amount. The uh, That's well, so the good. last couple line, some of the like the last three or four like highest rated offensive linemen that go into the draft are all from Notre Dame. Yeah, right. like, they had one of the best offensive line classes. Uh, I know you probably could, but the new head coach they have in Nagy, yeah, was on Kansas City staff. Yeah, as as the the apples keep falling from the tree that's decaying. Yeah, that. <laughs> How I, I saw Matt Stone scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> what we're bringing? Oh, you hear what I said? We're talking about Nagy. Yeah, no, I heard that. Yeah, I, just... I said all. Oh, I said the apple the apples keep falling from the tree that's decaying. Yeah. How okay? But since Matt, how do you think Nagy will be as a head coach? Well, when he was our offensive coordinator, we remembered Cream Hunt existed. And how many games did you win? Quite a few. Quite a few. When Andy Reid called the plays in the middle of the season, we lost. So that means Nagy yeah. will just—he's gonna be good. Yeah, Ma- like, Nagy will remember I Jordan am, Howard exists. Mm-hmm. I am simultaneously pissed off and excited for everything the Bears have done 
you know, I want the division to be competitive. I don't want Green Bay to just run around and stomp all the time in the division. I'm glad they're improving. You will still want them to win. I want them to win outside of Green Bay. Well, that's what I meant. Like, you still want Green Bay to beat the Bears. Yeah. You want them to win 33-31. Yeah. That'd be cool. It'd be exciting. Yeah, but we've got to at least win by, like, you know, a couple points. Two. Yeah. <laughs> For a long time, uh, this is a fun fact, Justin's favorite player in the NFL that wasn't a Packer was Matt Forte. Yeah. Ironically enough, when yeah, he, was he was with the Bears. A, he was a Bear. And, you know, I just, I just, I just ate shit on that one. Yeah, you, like... you, loved, you loved Matt Forte. He was, like, always on your fantasy team, always, like, and then he retired, and then you and were And then sad. I stopped watching Bears games. Yeah, that's right. The only reason I watched Bears games for the first couple of years, I started watching football with the Matt Forte play. That's right. But now it's, now the running back's Jordan Howard, and he's, uh, he's all right, I guess. He's okay. No, he's, he's actually pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good. <laughs> he still has bricks for hands. Yeah, but, I mean... But it's okay. He doesn't really need no, good hands. He doesn't need as long as he's as long as he's able to punch that ball in. They also got a uh, Trey Burton, who is the uh, the greatest quarterback in Super Bowl history, because he was the one that threw the pass to uh, Nick Foles. Yeah. So, just in case uh, anything happens to Trubisky, they could just throw Trey Burton out there, <laughs> and and have him just play quarterback. Which is it is kind of strange that. Trey Burton went to the team that ran the trick play that he threw the touchdown on. Like, Trey Burton was the quarterback for the Eagles when they ran that trick play. Mm-hmm. But weeks prior to that, the Bears ran that play with Zach Miller on Monday night against Minnesota, and now Trey Burton is on that team. Hmm. It's a fun little, like, tidbit. Like, man, I want to do that more. <laughs> right. I want to do that every game. Their own personal Muhammad Sanu. Yep. The greatest quarterback of all time. Oh it is statistically true. Statistically true. He's the only quarterback. He, he will be the only guy that ever retires with a perfect quarterback rating. Oh as long as he God. doesn't, you know, as long try as he doesn't, get... Well, he hasn't, he hasn't thrown an incomplete, and he's only thrown for touchdowns. So, what? at what point do you tell your offensive coordinator, I don't want to do this play anymore. I want to have this. Right now. <laughs> right now. Mohamed Sanu right now is talking to Sarkeesian, and he's like, I don't want to run this play ever again. I don't want to run any more flea flickers, any trick plays because I want to retire. In case he's been in the league for a while, too, so he, it's not like he's uh, long for the league anymore. So I don't know who he's throwing them to, but I mean, like, you... You're doing pretty good when you have to throw them to Julio Jones and AJ Green. I'm sure he's throwing a couple to like Taylor Gabriel and Yeah, like I said, I don't know who they he's throwing them to, but it's I don't know. If I if I had to and I had that on the line, I'd feel pretty confident in my pieces. Oh yeah, I would too. Yeah, absolutely. Um now we're going to the part where Everybody cares about. Oh my God! Am I done talking about the Bears thing? Yeah, you're done talking about the oh. Bears. Oh God! Do you feel it's okay, buddy? It's like you made a it. Pressure you, off my shoulders. You, Thank you guys carried a little bit of it. Thank you. You made it, buddy. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Oh, fuck. So what are we doing now, Corey? <laughs> I'm mad. We're talking about the legitimacy of the Madden curse. Ooh. Oh, okay. Me and Corey, we have a little group chat for our podcast. Me and Corey, we're talking about it, and we we started getting a little heated, and I was like, no. We're taking it to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I meme about it. I have somebody on my right that is very superstitious. And I have somebody on my left who 
is the opposite. Is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, the Madden curse isn't real, and it never has been. Wow, there is dude. no facts to back up that statement. There are no good facts to back up this one. And if anything ended it, if anything, if you needed an excuse for the Madden curse to end, it was Tom Brady. But yet, and yet, people who believe in the Madden curse went ahead, grabbed those goalposts, picked them up, and ran a marathon with them and stuck them back in the ground just to make sure it still seemed legitimate to you. But he broke his hand and lost the Super Bowl. Oh! <laughs> but wait, I thought it was career. I thought it was season-ending no, injuries. Was injuries. Technically, it was season-ending. It, it, it was <laughs> the end of the season already. <laughs> and it ended it for them. The season was already over. No, it wasn't. There was All still right. a game to play. There's a uh, there's there's this uh, there's this thing called um, uh, it's it's I don't know what I don't know what this website is um, but someone put all this stuff together. Uh, about the Madden curse. There's actually a section for it that says, VICTIMS! I'm going to read it off real quick. Yeah. Garrison Hurst was the first player ever to feature on a Madden cover. Uh, his 1998 season, prior to that, was the best of his career, rushing for 1,507 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, on the first play of the divisional game against the against the Atlanta Falcons, he suffered a bad ankle break and his team would go on to lose the game. He would not play again until 2001. Next year was two th- the year 2000. Uh, Barry Sanders, this is strange. I don't know why they did this. Barry Sanders shared the cover with Dorsey Levins. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, so Barry Sanders got put on the cover, and a week before training camp, he retired. Um, <laughs> Dorsey Levins was featured in the 2000. Uh, he was also there, but you know. But so yeah. wait, hold on. It ended his season. Is the basis for the Madden? This is something I've never gotten clear. The basis for the Madden curse is that when you are put on the cover of Madden, something really, really bad either happens to you or to your team. Something bad happens. That's the basis of the Madden wow. curse. In the, the NFL, the spectrum of that is so ridiculously high. Right, but it it's more about the fact that it seems like it like, yeah, injuries and bad things happen to all teams, but it always it's almost like a guarantee it happens if you're put on the cover of Madden. Like, the next one is Eddie George, uh, who was put on it, and uh, he's the next, quote-unquote, like I said, he's the next, quote-unquote, cursed player. Um, so after he appeared on the cover, he averaged only three yards per carry and rushed for career lows of 900 yards and five touchdowns due to a nagging toe injury. For the rest of his career, he never averaged more than 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, Dante Culpepper was on it uh, the year after. Uh, he struggled with turnovers in the first 11 games, throwing 13 interceptions and only 14 passes or passing touchdowns. A back injury ended his season. Uh, Marshawn Lynch suffered an ankle injury that forced him to miss five games. He never rushed for a thousand yards again. Uh, let's see. We are, I mean, still good after that, wasn't he? No. (laughs) Um, there was Donovan McNabb. Uh, he was knocked out. During, during after he was put on the cover of Madden, he suffered a sports hernia. He elected to play, but he re-aggravated the injury uh, during a game. He elected to have season-ending surgery, and the Eagles placed six and ten. Uh, Sean, I mean Vince Young had something. He lost. <laughs> Vince Young was put on the cover of it, and he had a quadriceps sprain. He then lost his starting job. Uh, Brett Favre was put on it the year he was on the Jets. Yeah, so. 
Wow. Yeah. Who's surprised? Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing was he wasn't in the game, which was the really funny part. That's a fun fact if people don't know. Uh, Madden 2009, Brett Favre was on the cover of it, but Brett Favre wasn't in the game because he signed so late with the New York Jets that they didn't have time to put... I mean, this is 2009, so it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. modern gaming technology. They didn't have time to put him in the game. They, they weren't really hot-patching games like Right, mm -hmm. so I believe Chad Pennington was the starting quarterback for the Jets, despite Brett Favre being the starting quarterback for the Jets that year, which is a really funny thing. Uh, the year when Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald were on it, uh, Troy Polamalu suffered a sprained MCL. He was out, then returned. He hurt his MCL again, causing him to miss the rest of the season. Um... Conversely, though, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald did have a year, good year. So it was, was like a pro bowler. Right. So, like, Troy ate it. Uh, Larry didn't. It's almost like happenstance and things, bad things, consistently, constantly happen to players and teams in the NFL. Where a lot of the time, there are only a very small bracket of players that have exceptionally well seasons and continue that into the following year there is a probably only about 15 or 16 offensive players that do that from year to year after they have an incredibly explosive season it's almost like it's just the way the nfl works but why is it always the player that's on the cover like why is it never? because they select a player on the cover that was exceptionally good last year especially ones that are on the up and up new people now, they wanted to do Antonio Brown this year because they haven't done Antonio Brown yet, and he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Okay. Antonio Brown will not get will not get his career-ending, season-ending injury this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be perfectly fine. You sure hope so. I mean, I, there there is no been, hope. There, there have been players that have beaten the curse, but there's the ones you named. There's like Donovan McNabb had his worst season of his career after being put on the cover. Sean Alexander broke his foot. Peyton Hillis died. <laughs> Dante Culpepper got injured. Vince Young got injured. Michael Vick got caught. <laughs> what happened to Odell after they, he was on? What was, no, was Odell said. was one of the exceptions. O Odell beat it. Drew Brees, well, threw the, Drew Brees had a career-high interceptions the year he was on the cover. Oh, that was the year that Odell got suspended. Was it? I don't know. Is I thought it was the year after. Yeah, I think it was the year after because Curtis stayed away. He made his second straight Pro Bowl behind a career high fourteen hundred and fifty receiving yards and thirteen touchdowns. He had ninety six catches, fourteen fifty yards, and thirteen touchdowns in uh, that year. Also, Almost the, like the year Breeze was on it was the same year that you guys lost to the seventy nine Seahawks, and then the Bounty Gate thing happened. So like someone like Ray Lewis, I mean, he was one of the best linebackers in the NFL that year. He beat the curse. He beat it, yeah. Eddie George beat the curse. Sixteen games, four hundred carries, fifteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, first team All Pro. Ray Lewis beat it because he had to make a sacrifice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Calvin Johnson, you could say beat it. But, but the, the Lions went two and fourteen. <laughs> the Lions went two and fourteen, and then he retired. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he also admitted at the end of the year to playing with broken fingers. He admitted mm. at the end of the year. He's a like, guy yeah, broke a couple of so my fingers. It just it really makes you wonder, I guess. It's not. It's one of those things. I mean, I know it's just for fun. Like it. it, it it's it's a fun thing, and it's also some. And let, first of all, there is some. There are players 
that actually don't want like your boy Aaron Rodgers elected to not be on the Madden cover because literally out of like eh, I don't know if I want to be on the Madden cover. Yeah, that helped him last year. Let me tell you why. Well, yeah, um, he might be safe to be on the Madden cover now because it's happenstance what... happened to him already. You'll be okay. I understand. Like, okay, obviously you're gonna put good players on it and players that are in the limelight. Yeah, they're the hot ticket. I, I guess it, it's just one of those things where, like, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, happenstance. People get hurt and, and players have bad years. But, like, it seems like the like the unavoidable way is if you get put on that cover. Like, for some reason, very, very few players have been able to, like, skip around it. Whereas, like, it's just it's just this weird thing where, like, out of any year Donovan McNabb could have been, could have had the injury that he had, it happened the year he was on the Madden cover. Wasn't it also after the best year of his career? I don't think, well... I don't remember if it was the best of his career, but that year was, that, that, that year after the Madden cover or whatever, I mean, he got injured with the groin in week nine or whatever, and that was also the beginning of the end of the Tara Owens in Philadelphia project. Yeah, no, it wasn't, uh, I guess you could say, like, his best season was the season they went to the Super Bowl and lost, and that wasn't, that was, like, in 2002. I actually, I don't know that for that. No, I it was, because 2002 was Bucks raiders That's right. They were, this was one of the, the, they lost to the Patriots? Yeah, it was, so it was uh, one of the Patriots' first ones. He was, like, he had the flu and was, like, puking on the field and wouldn't come out. Yeah. During the Super Cheatry, Bowl. it's a at work again getting him sick mm. like, that listen, bug. listen man the the madden curse is there wouldn't be massive articles and wikipedia pages written about it if there wasn't some sort of like there what there wouldn't that stuff wouldn't exist if there wasn't like wow man like there's been you know t- uh, close to 20 players on the madden cover and the majority of them have been either injured or had bad years you know let's you know talk about it i mean, like I mean, obviously yeah, it's fun. yeah. Like, i know it's supposed to be for fun but it doesn't stop you from being wrong but here's, <laughs> okay but like <laughs> what would okay uh, then i'll ask this this is a hypothetical question what would literally because you're 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 in the same boat as our friend genhard genhard doesn't believe in no, the no, curse either it's... what would it take would it have to be like 10 straight years where like the player gets hurt and like never plays again honestly you know what it would take for me it would probably take uh, Antonio Brown falling victim to it. Here's the thing. It's not Antonio Brown falling victim to it. It's he gets put on the cover and then Le'Veon Bell doesn't sign a contract. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> moving, moving the goalposts some more. Hey, yo, whoa. This is, we're talking football here. I can move him as far as I want. <laughs> Technically, no. No, I, I get the, I, the moving the goalposts thing. I get, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would really, uh, it would really depend upon like, especially I, like and Tom I, Brady was fine. Yeah, Tom no, Brady. Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl. His hand was injured. He had stitches, and he dropped. He did the pass. not. They did not lose the Super Bowl because and of that. You could, and you could argue they lost that like, momentum from that. You could argue that like yeah, we brought up like Calvin Johnson. The team went two and fourteen. He had a really good year, but then he like retired. You could argue that the. Uh, the blowbacks of the Madden curse. Didn't the Patriots get on it two years in a row? They had Gronk and then last year Brady, right? 
So, so they had Gronk who got injured that year, and then they got Brady. They lost the Super Bowl, and now their team's falling apart. It's one of those things where you do kind of sometimes move the goalposts around. I guess I am moving the goalpost yeah, again. But I'm it's sorry. more about like some. It's it's not about it's it's, my favorite fallacy. Yeah. Okay, it's not always about injuries. It's always about for some reason like it's a curse. Yeah, it's, misfortune. Just general yeah, misfortune. Just, just, just like a curse. Just very yeah. Just well, extremely bizarre. Uh, misfortune that somehow seems to follow along with the curse. Now, the the reason why Antonio Brown will be a good example is because Antonio Brown is never ever ever hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm ever. saying. It would take it would take Antonio Brown having a career the season ending injury this year. Can we not? <laughs> that's Listen, what it would take. Okay. We're talking we, about the Madden curse, and a part of my brain is like, don't, 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 don't think about Antonio being on the cover of Madden. Don't think about it. He's your favorite player ever. You I, you screamed at the top of your lungs when you saw him catch three touchdowns in Heinz Field against Tennessee. I just really wish you'll we, be real sad. Don't just, think about it. Antonio's been hurt in the postseason when you need him the most. When he that got, concussion from the Bengals game that made you really mad that almost broke a table and shit. Well, yeah, he got hurt in that game. Last um, year he was hurt, wasn't he? The last four, three games of the season? Yeah, he, well, yeah, he well, got he had, hurt at the end of the year, and then he, he came back, he okay. came back okay. uh, in the game against, obviously in our game against Jacksonville. Okay. He came back. Um, yeah, the, the bye week actually helped. Yeah, the year, uh, the year prior to that, he was healthy. He's only ever missed, the only playoff game I, two, well, he, he's been injured two years in a row. He's been injured two years in a row, but it hasn't been an injury that, like... Hasn't been a season that Like, the concussion, had we beaten Cincinnati... I'm sorry, no, had we beaten Denver, he probably would have played against New England. So it was a season at the end. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I wish we had, like, something more to compare. Like, it's hard to just... I get it, like, uh, whatever. It's hard to, like, super compare it because we don't have another game or, or no, situation a situation to compare it there's to. There's a super easy way to, to compare this. If you want to take physical, real data and mash it up and do this, all you all you would really have to do, and it would take way too long, and I'm almost dedicated enough to do it, where you would have to take the careers, stats, etc. of every NFL player, every great NFL player that was featured on the Madden cover matched up against every great NFL player that wasn't featured on the Madden cover. Where their stats end up, how did they for do? Each, like for each successive year. Oh, yes. I was just going to complain about how NFL 2K doesn't exist anymore. And I, no, wish I we missed had 2K1, their cover. dude. Yeah, their cover athletes were Randy Moss, Brian Erlacher, Warren Sapp, Terrell Owens. And I don't remember any of them getting cursed. EA bought the rights to the NFL and brought a curse upon their homes. It's EA's fault. Yeah, I'm it's EA's fault. That's why they're the worst video game company slash regular company in the world. <laughs> like you could actually scratch out the video game company part. They're just the worst company. It's why Battlefront sucks. It's why Battlefield didn't win against Call of Duty. It's why Madden. Should have had competition. That guy looked just like me. You. It's <laughs> why NBA Live sucks, and it's why nobody cares about EA. Well, let's. let's Speaking say- of things that nobody cares about. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. We're, we care about this. Let's move into our uh, predictions here. 
Oh yeah, I guess we're gonna start uh, predicting each division. We, we didn't talk about this at the end of the last episode, so we should introduce this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So da, uh, da, 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 da. I'm kind of a psycho. Um, when the, the jingle. when the schedule came out, when when the schedule come out, like <laughs> March. Yeah. Not March. It was like April or May. Something. Right around the something draft. like that. Right around the draft. I immediately uh, wrote all 256 games into a spreadsheet on my computer and picked every single one. And then over the course of, like, I'll do it, like, once a week. I'll look at it again and just comb over it and change things and fix things. And I did it, like, after the draft. I did it after free agency. And I did it after a couple of injuries. And I, I toured around with it pretty much since the schedule came out. And uh, being that there are eight weeks left, roughly eight weeks, there's 50 days until the NFL season kicks off. I think, like, 50 days or something like that. But there's going to be roughly eight weeks and uh, every single week, we're going to end the show with the four of us picking a particular division. And we're going to pick, uh, we're going to do actually give our records that we think the four teams in that division are, how they're going to finish. Uh, I, being that mine has existed the longest, I will probably go first and just hash out a lot of stuff and... If you then after, I mean, whoever wants to go next after me um, can go. But we're going to do the NFC East first, um, of course. And um, I should say uh, the NFC East, for those of you that don't know, because there are some people that don't know, uh, the NFC East features the Super Bowl champion uh, Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins, and the New York Football Giants. So, I, I need to say it. I love saying it so much. The New York Football Giants. Steve Berman is... Is, it, is it Chris Berman? Chris, Chris Berman. Berman. Chris Ber- I always say Steve Berman for some reason. Chris Berman's in, in my heart, man. I'm a spirit animal. Alright, so we're going to start from... I'm going to start from the bottom. Work my way up. Uh, in fourth place will be the Washington Redskins. Wow, really? No, it's not... This. There's not going to be much... No, I'm... I'm- yeah, there's not going to be much, I think, debate when it comes to a lot of these stuff. So I think the record, the number, is going to be where we all differentiate. Yeah. So, the Redskins, not that I dislike the Redskins. Um, it's just that when you have a team that absolutely gets decimated with injuries at your offensive line, you lose two running backs, you have a experimental uh, wide receiver in Terrell Pryor fail, you really only have two solid players on your defense with Ryan Kerrigan at your defensive end and Josh Norman out there in uh, playing corner. They no longer have uh, Kyle Fuller. He is now a chief who was the best slot corner in the NFL last year alongside Josh Norman. And then, of course, they, they bring in Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is... In a way, he's kind of the opposite of Kirk Cousins in the sense of, like, Kirk Cousins is a little bit of a gunslinger. Not as much as you-know-who. Good old Pat boy over in uh, in Kansas City. But he's a little bit of a gunslinger. Alex Smith's a little bit more conservative. Um, I don't necessarily like their personnel outside of, like, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we make fun of Jordan Reed a whole bunch. Jordan Reed's made out of paper and glass. Um, Josh Doxson is a first round wide receiver that hasn't panned out yet and we don't really know how he's going to be i already mentioned that they don't really have you know outside of like i said norman and kerrigan their defensive players aren't 
in my opinion, that great. They have tough games like at the Saints. They got to play the Panthers. They got to play the Cowboys. They got to play the, the Falcons, the Texans. You know, they obviously they play the Eagles twice, who are the Super Bowl champions. They play at Jacksonville. So I think they have a rough schedule. I just think, I don't think they're a bad team. I actually think if you would have, and this is going to be the case for a lot of teams that I think I talk about. If you took the Redskins out of the NFC East, that's like a nine-win team, honestly. I think they're they're good enough. They won seven games last year. Could have won eight had they not blown the lead against New Orleans. I think they're like an eight-nine-win team if they're not in the NFC East, but right now they're going to be at the bottom. Next is the New York Giants. The New York Giants are not going to suck next year. Like, I don't want people to get wrapped up in this idea that they're a bad team now. They're going to be one of the most improved teams. You could go through their... I mean, first of all, the changes they made offensively with bringing in Nate Solder, which is amazing. If Saquon can even somewhat live up to the hype that he has, he's going to be superb. They're going to get Odell back. They, they have, like, stars at every position. They do. They have above-average players at virtually every single personnel group. Um... They have Snacks Harrison, they have Olivier Vernon, they have Landon Collins, they have Janoris Jenkins, and we we are confirmed that Janoris is not going to be indicted for that body, right? That was fully yeah. his brother? Okay. I was, they uh, traded for Alec Ogletree, and they no longer have Ben McAdoo at head coach, and hot damn, is that an improvement, <laughs> just in general. Rip. So, um, I think the Giants can... The, the Giants are kind of uh, one of those franchises that, like, doesn't stay bad for a long time. I wonder if, uh, sidebar, I wonder if, uh, since Fox News is so into uh, making uh, bad coaches and analysts, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing with McAdoo. Oh, God, maybe. Oh, my God, please let McAdoo become, like, a comment- color commentator guy. Oh, my God. Please, I would do anything right. to let him be a color commentator for a game or something. I'll tell you what. Now, the start for the Cow- the Giants is really rough. They start with Jacksonville, Cowboys, Texans, Saints, Panthers, Eagles. So that's not a, that's not a good start. I think they could win at least, at the least, they'll probably win three of those games. I think they'll sneak another one from a team we'll talk about in a little bit. But after that, like I said, I don't think the Redskins are going to be very good. They play the Buccaneers. They stink. You know, the They play the Bears, the Titans, the Colts. Um, they, they play the Cowboys, of course, tough all the time. But I think the Dallas, I think the Giants will be very improved. Okay. I'm going to roll together the Eagles and the Cowboys into one thing. Because I both have them. I have them going the exact same record. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but I have them going the exact same record, Cowboys and Eagles. The Eagles, this is very important, have a brand new offensive coordinator. Frank Reich is no longer there. Okay, excellent, excellent uh, offensive coordinator. He is now the coach in Indy. Okay, so you're going to have a little bit of time where Carson and the offense kind of have to sort of get more acclimated to a new offense. And a lot of people remember, like, Philly did not start very good. Last year, it kind of took them a little while to get going. They got waxed by Kansas City the second game they played. They needed a last-second field goal from a rookie kicker to beat the Giants. Like, the Eagles started out very, very slow and ultimately kind of built up together uh, to, to what was a really good season. They also didn't finish very good in the NFC East the year before, so they kind of had a weak schedule. Like, they played the Bears, and they played Tampa, they played Cleveland, they played Cincinnati, 
They had a really kind of eat not even they didn't play they didn't play Cleveland since I'm thinking of two years prior to that. They kind of had an easy schedule. They now have a really hard schedule. They got to play the Rams again. They got to play the Vikings. They got to play all the really good teams from the NFC. And their own division isn't as bad as it was last year. Virtually everything went right for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. The Giants had a bad year. Washington, Dallas had a huge circus with Ezekiel Elliott. Sean Lee missed time. Tyron Smith missed time. So... The Eagles, in my, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Super Bowl, but I just feel like last year was a little bit like the Carolina Panthers year when they went 15 and one, where everything went right, despite the fact Carson went down. Nick Foles came right in, and by the way, Nick Foles, those like last three regular season games, who was he bad? Like who boy was he bad? Um, I think their receiving core is good, not great. I think they have okay running backs. They kind of use a little bit of a committee when it comes to everything. I think missing LeGarrette Blunt might be a little interesting because Jay Ajayi is very injury prone. And if they try to like bell cow Jay Ajayi like they do LeGarrette Blunt, I think Jay Ajayi can get hurt. And those other guys they have are not every down backs. And it brings me to the Dallas Cowboys. What? I can oh, do it I'm all. sorry, Corey. Brings me to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> okay. They don't. <laughs> I can do it all, motherfucker. All right. He had a game-winning catch. He did have a game-winning catch. That is true. Dallas Cowboys. No Ezekiel Elliott drama. He's going to be there all 16 games. Still have a top-five offensive line. They have Dak, who, when not playing with Dez, believe it or not, is actually better than he did when he plays with Dez. That's a fact. Their defensive front is actually not terrible. Demarcus Lawrence is like borderline Pro Bowl level defense, like pass rusher. Sean Lee's a top five middle linebacker. Win Ta- healthy. Win healthy. Taco Charlton came at the end of the year and played really well. Uh, I believe. Chidobi Awuzie. Yeah, they have him. <laughs> David Irving, I think, has a little, I think he has like a four-game suspension being in the year. He's a good pass rusher. And they're also reinstating Randy Gregory, who was a high-end draft pick of theirs, who's also a really good front end, like, really good pass rusher. They also have Jalen Smith, who was the highly-touted linebacker from Notre Dame that ended up getting injured, but now he plays. Their front seven's pretty solid defensively. I don't like their secondary, but Earl Thomas might be a Cowboy pretty soon, before the end of the year, because he he either wants a contract extension or he wants to be traded. So, I the, the, the Cowboys had a stretch last year where they didn't have their best middle linebacker, they didn't have their left tackle, and they didn't have their star running back. And this team won nine games. I have the Washington Redskins at 6-10 and 10 at the bottom of the division. I have the New York Giants above them at 9-7. and seven. I have Dallas and Philly tied at 10-6. and six. Dallas has a one-game better record into the division, and they take the division away from Philly. That's my, uh, that's my NFC East. Huh. Yeah. I don't like people being high on the Cowboys. I don't, I think they're, I think, I agree that the Giants are going to be one of the most improved teams in football. Not hard when you win three games, but. Well, yeah, 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 but like. The last game they won was a fluke. Like, they, they should gonna, be two. This is going to be one of those things, I forget, uh, who's their O coordinator now, or who's their head coach? Who? The Giants. Oh, man. Um, uh, it's not the guy that was under Zimmer. Uh, Norv Turner. Norv Turner. Norv Turner, okay. He's actually a really good coach. Yeah, he's a really good not, offensive coach. He's not a head coach, though. He, well, he, he's a really good offensive-minded coach. 
I mean, the things he did with the Chargers in the mid two thousands, bringing them to AFC Championship games, and then losing to Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, <laughs> he, he, he can get you there and stuff. He uh, had a stint with the Browns as a head coach, and he said he couldn't handle the media pressure from Cleveland. How are you going to handle the media pressure in the biggest market in the United States? My thing is that uh, he's got better talent this time. I, anyway, I, we, we talked, like you mentioned, it. they have all the star power, power at all the positions. I'm not saying the Giants are winning the division. I think the Eagles are going to win the division, 11-5. and five. But then I have the Giants at 9-7 and seven and the Cowboys at 9-7. and seven. Okay. Um, and then six and ten for the Redskins. Redskins. But I think the Giants take second place and get the wild card berth. It, it, like if nine and seven get you a wild card berth, I think they get the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. But you agree with me in the sense that Philly's gonna pull back. Like Philly. Oh not, yeah, no, Philly's no, no, no. not they gonna win. To play, I agree with everything you say, but they have to play a first place schedule now. Yeah, they're not going to win 13 games. No, 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 no. They're, they're going to win 11. No, maybe 12. 12 is a ceiling. I'll put 12 as a ceiling, 10 as a floor, but I'm saying 11. Okay. That's No, that's a fair if, if you're going to go. Their, uh, their window to – I always do a ceiling to floor thing when I pick every – when I do every single uh, team. You know, if everything goes wrong, here's your floor. If everything goes right, here's your ceiling. The Eagles did have, like, probably the tightest – I think it was very similar to yours, where, like, the floor was 10, the ceiling was 12. I just can't imagine with how good the NFC is and how much better their own division got that they're going to win 13 games. Right. So it's it's in between 10 to 12 for me, for the Eagles. So. I have Cowboys, not the Cowboys, I have the Giants pulling up that rear with 5 and 11. I went through this. I went through the schedule, and I really like all the moves that the Cowboys did besides the head coach. Uh, and I'm just looking at the team in schedule, and I can't say that they're better than these teams more than five times that they're playing against. Uh, I have the Redskins at 7-9. and nine. I like Alex Smith. They have some good pieces on defense, but that's all they have. I don't like the head coach. The head coach throws the players under the bus, and if you throw the players under the bus – Players don't like playing for you. Mm. Something about those Grudens. Uh, Boy doesn't like them. <laughs> I, I like I like John Gruden as an analyst. Right. Not as a head coach. No. Uh, I didn't even mean to meme, but I have the Cowboys at 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> uh, and then I have Philly at 11-5. and five. Uh, Philly, I have a 4-2 and two divisional with a Losses to Dallas week 14 and to Washington week 17. I feel like Washington just wants to prove something at the end of the year. Or, you know, they feel like bench his people to... But in your in your records at that point, the division, they'd have the division sewn right. up. Uh, Cowboys split with Philly and split with Washington. Uh, Redskins split with everyone. And then Giants win one game uh, against Washington. Oh, my, my NFC East divisional things was, I memed a little bit. Uh, the reason I have Dallas and Philly tying, but Dallas ahead of them, is because Philly 
I, I love my one of my I'm sorry Justin you'll get ready to go in a second but like one of my favorite things is when people get really mad at Skip Bayless because he's a Cowboys fan and I think the most the single most Skip Bayless Cowboys thing ever would be if the Eagles sweep the Cowboys in their head-to-head matchups but the Cowboys beat the Redskins and the Giants twice but then the Eagles fall to either the Redskins twice or the Giants twice and have a three and three record, and then Skip goes on his thing. Is like, well, clearly we're a better team. <laughs> we won the division. We're a better team. And it was like the Eagles beat you twice. Like, so that's part of. Uh, and I just it kind of naturally happened as I was picking the games, but then I got to the very end and I got to two division games that kind of didn't matter. And I'm like, ooh, I could do it that way. That would be really fun. Um, and I mean, I just think that I, I you know. Anyway. Anyway. So, I have no notes. Yeah, because uh, I was I was busy writing my other stuff. We're about to take notes on this. But you've heard you've heard. Uh... I, I've had I've had already kind of had this in my head too because I'm also going to end up writing up a thing. Because we're we're I think we're, we're we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I have the Redskins at the bottom of the division, going seven and nine. Um, I think. This division in general is going to be stronger this year than it was. I don't think we're going to have Redskins, even though they have a really tough, you know, like they have a really, really tough schedule ahead of them. They're not horrible. That's what I say. Like, can we all agree that like the Redskins aren't a bad team? But no, they're just in an extremely, insanely competitive division. Like, agreed. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. The Redskins. I like aren't what a bad you said. Team. I like what you, you put them in another division. They could maybe go nine and seven wild card. Yeah, in this division, I think they go seven and nine. Yeah, if you if you stick the Redskins um, in the NFC North, they win nine games. Mm-hmm. Like that's if you stick them in the AFC East, they win nine games. Then, then I have the Cowboys going eight and eight. Man, you guys, I'm I'm alone. <laughs> it happened naturally for me. Yeah, oh. I, I well because I think the New York Giants are going to have probably one of the greatest comebacks that we've heard in a long time for a team in general. Um, they very rarely have been bad twice. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're kind of like the. This is gonna this is gonna sound really petty for me to say, but they're kind of like the Steelers of the NFC, or like they're that really, like perennial franchise, and like yeah, they've had bad years. Like the Steelers have had years where we go like six and ten. Like, but I like could, they bounce back. I could easily see the Giants getting nine. 10 wins. I think that's, yeah, it's 9 to 10 wins is easily, they're, they're like Matt said it, like they, they have, have some of the most talented. They have elite football. players at every single level. Last year was just an absolute train wreck. Yeah. Just from the top bottom, so top to the It contributes, bottom. it helps for the story too. I mean, this is what happened when Ben McAdoo's your head coach. Yeah, I mean, just, honestly. Just be honest. Future you Fox o- Sports analyst. And Matt you Mac- lose Odell, and you lose Sterling Shepard, and. Yeah. So I think they'll have a strong comeback year. I think they they end up, you know, doing a little better, only a little better than the Cowboys. So like I get, so you said so eight like and eight for the Cowboys, nine, nine and seven, and seven for, for the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah, okay. and then and then go eleven and five for, for Philly the, for the for Philly. They're they're too talented. It's it's almost wrong. Um, they. They'll keep it going. I, as far as the division goes, I think it will end up ranking the exact same way I put. 
Uh, just just for reference. I don't think it's. Here here are the here here are the uh, the the Eagles games. So they start out with against the Falcons. Yeah, which will be a win. Um, they play the Buccaneers. Win. That's a, that um, is a fun. But here's the thing. But again, remember, no offense, new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Old offensive coordinator, now head coach of the Colts. They play the Colts. Just a, just an interesting. We don't know like, if Andrew Luck. Well, is it's interesting. Thing. We don't know about Andrew Luck. The Eagles still have the best offensive line in the league. No, and that's when true. You have, and when you have something like that, you can. I'm, you can I'm, get away with a lot. I'm more thinking about from the perspective of like the Colts' offense versus their versus, defense versus the Eagles' defense a little bit. If, um, Andrew, if Andrew Luck's in there and they're and the Colts are full healthy, they could have an outside shot. Right. Um, then it's at the Titans. Then they play the Vikings. Then it's the first game against the Giants. Then they play the Panthers. Then they play the Jaguars in London, which Miles will be it's the a Jaguars, loss. Which is Miles? Will, it is. Miles will be the Jaguars' home stadium, pretty, pretty much. much. They have their bye week after that trip to London, though, which is big because they play the Cowboys right after that. Yeah, that's really awesome, actually. But then they, they play the, the Saints. Then they play at New Orleans. Then they play the Giants again. Then they play the Redskins again. Then they play the Cowboys again. Then they play the Rams at at Los Angeles. Then they play the Texans, and then they finish at the Redskins. So, like, it's not an easy schedule. Like, No, no but it's not an easy team. I, I get that. It's it's just, like I said, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that I feel like last year, last year to me felt a lot like the Carolina Panthers. They will not have a fall as hard. It's the they're not going to have a fall. They're not going to have as hard of a fall. But I think that the fall is still going to happen. And when you fall like they did in a division that is very very competitive, it it hurts what a lot of people think you're. I guess you'd say your expectations would be like like Philadelphia is going to be like a top five team for Super Bowl odds across every single Vegas book, and the Cowboys are going to be way down there. But I could easily see them both finishing with the exact same record. Yeah. So same with the Giants too. The Giants, I think, are it is Eli Manning. No, the Giants so don't. Like, the Giants don't want to win the division they want to get a wild card slot yeah so then they yeah, can right. win the so they super bowl <laughs> otherwise they don't make it. if the giants win the division their season's over because they're exactly. gonna i just yeah. want I, I do want i would love for the cowboys to sneak in again so green bay could play them and it would just be insane you have another incredible game dak versus aaron v3 oh god it's so good every time why is it so good every single time it might actually be v4 because i believe the cowboys See, let me just find it real quick. I believe the Cowboys play the the Packers. I think. Um, no, maybe they don't. No, they don't. No, I didn't so think it would they be did. it would be three. Yeah. So get hype. I think next year we do play them on the regular schedule, though. Probably. I mean, they're they're in they're in your conference, so it's much more likely. Yeah, I think it's next year, if if I recall. All right. But that's the NFC East. So we're all. I'm the only one not picking Philadelphia to win. We yep. all. Everyone but Corey had Redskins last. Yep. Uh, Giants were either third. So just out of basic, our average would be Eagles one, uh, Cowboys two, Giants three, Redskins, Redskins four. four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, that, that's probably our consensus, yeah, I would probably, say. Yeah, yeah, that's the consensus. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right to me. What? All right. It, I'm going to leave this up to you guys. 
Uh, what division do we do next? I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna vote. So it's a. It's the first division to get two votes. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and do AFC East. I'm down with that. Yeah. Okay. AFC East. That'll be real easy. Oh yeah. It's gonna be the easiest one. How bad do we think the three other teams are gonna be? <laughs> that's the. See, that's where it gets that's money. Where, yeah. That's, that's where it's gonna get fun. super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling. If you like look at the schedules, like I do this every year, where I start picking games, and then I find myself, like, uh, like I go over to Miami, and I realize that I've picked ten of their games, because when I pick another team, I mark, like, say I pick a team to beat Miami, I'll f- go find Miami in that little column, and I'll mark a loss, right? It happens every year where I'll be doing that, and then I'll come across a team, and I realize that I've, I haven't, o- I've only not marked four games, and all of them have been losses, and I'm like, damn. Like... This team already has 12 losses, and I haven't even looked at the rest of their schedule. <laughs> so, like, that's why I always, I fill it out, and then, like, I kind of nitpick it as the months go on, because things happen. You know, yeah. things change. Can you email us that doc? Yeah. And then we can change it ourselves. I have a, like, right before the regular season starts, we should just whip ours out. I have a, a blank. Whoa. whoa. I have a blank. Why not, man? I have a blank Google Doc. I guess we're not that filming this. We can whip out yeah, whatever there, we there's want. There's no video. I could I could just start dick slamming on the table. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and all you would hear is. <laughs> oh, we didn't. I'm changing the subject. We didn't. <laughs> Please. We didn't. Uh, what what meme happened during the episode that we can name it? Oh, I thought we were gonna name it. Dick slamming against. The table. <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't name an episode Dick slamming. Or I I would. But not this one. Big, <laughs> big Nick slam. <laughs> uh, what happened? It was, it was there was a joke in there somewhere. Oh, there was there was a few this jokes. Time it's personnel. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, this time it's personnel. Yeah, this time it's personnel. We'll name it that. What teams are you two doing next week? Bills and Bengals. Okay. BB. Since we're bashing teams, I'll bash the Bengals for thirty minutes. I didn't get to bash a team. I had to talk nice about a team I hate. I hate you, you do. guys. You did, actually. I hate you guys. You sure you don't want to do, like, the Panthers or the Buccaneers? Since we already did the Falcons and you don't get to be sad about the Falcons? No, but the, the Bills are easy to do. That's Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it is going to be dunk week. <laughs> yeah, the Bills are easy, and then I'll scream and yell about the Bengals for a while. Being horrible, yeah. What mm. the fuck is Marvin Lewis? <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. That, uh, real real be... quick before we sign off, the story that they that Matt was referencing was... Oh, that was an interesting night. Who oh, man, was the playoff game where the Steelers played the Bengals, and that was the game where Vontez Burfecht knocked out Antonio Brown. He There was also countless fistfights. There was numerous personal fouls. Uh, Vontez also... Uh, sandwiched Ben on the ground and hurt his shoulder and knocked him out for a couple of drives. Uh, there was a a coach ran onto the field and got a penalty on him. Adam Jones had a penalty called on him. We won on a last-second field goal. And I watched the game at my uncle's house with a room full of Steelers fans. And when we won, I was incredibly happy, and I was jumping up and down. And I was like, eh, screw you. I wasn't saying screw you. I was yelling a whole bunch of other stuff and mm. yelling it. There's a guy we won, haha! You know, Cincinnati's never gonna win a playoff game with Marvin Lewis, all that type of stuff. And then I got in my car and I was driving over here, 
uh, to where we record at, my, at Justin's house. And it slowly began to dawn on me that we're not going to have our two running backs, one and two. We're also not going to have our best offensive player, Antonio Brown. We have an injured Ben Roethlisberger. And we have to go play a team that is quarterbacked by my least favorite professional athlete to ever grace this earth. I hate him in so Peyton much. Manning. And I went into the I went into like like a blind rage at the thought of that. That after what I just sat through, next week I have to watch this team lose <laughs> to Peyton Manning in a year that Peyton Manning got benched for Brock. Osweiler! Brock Lobster. <laughs> Brock Lobster. <laughs> and I perceive I didn't know how many... It was funny, like, I, I walked into this, I had no idea that so many of you were going to be here. Yeah, we had, we had, a lot of us watched the game together at your house, Wait, Just I me. do Sunday nights a lot. And, and then, like, the game was done, and we all started playing, I don't even remember what board game it was, we all started playing, like, a board game or something, so all of us were in the dining room, crowded around the table, playing a game. Enjoying themselves. Like, they were all happy. And mm-hmm. then, in comes Kuiper, and I... Oh, man, I went, like, ballistic. Like, I was slamming shit. I threw my hat across the room. I think I fell on the floor yelling. You did. You did. Oh, boy. Did you guys have that pinball machine up there yet? I thought, because I remember you, like, slamming something. I I thought it was the pinball machine. There was, like, a bunch of bags on their pinball machine in in the dining room, and I just, like, cleaned off the the pinball table. That's fun. Like a good guest. Like Like a a good guest, yeah. The best guest. You all laughed at me. Like oh, it, was, it wasn't. It, I didn't make it uncomfortable. Oh, guys, it was, it was yeah, prime no, comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. It was comedic. It was very, very comedic. You guys getting upset at football is is absolutely comedic. As as I hope it would be in the opposite way. You guys laugh at me about how much I hate. Oh parents. my god! You get, yeah no because no, yeah, you guys not. have laughed at me at situation. I make a fool of myself at Chiefs games though. That Thursday night game against the Raiders last year. Oh, Ooh. that was amazing. Oh my god! I, before we everybody, go, oh, I'm before sorry. we get too deep, we, we we need to sign. Yeah, we do need to sign. Dang that, it! That'll, that'll be, be a story, story for another day. Yeah, it will. Be. And then we'll, we'll tell the story about last another game last year, the Saints and Falcons, where I don't think I've ever seen Corey that pissed off. Ever. Oh, man. We'll, we'll, go into because, because, like, yeah. we'll go into angry football moments. We can make that a segment at some point. Ooh, I like that. All right, guys. So, wait, 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 wait. We can't just go yet. Josby, where are people listening to us? Well, you could be listening to us on podcast.com if you're using some kind of browser, like, I don't know, Chrome, Firefox. If you're using Internet Explorer, please download something else. <laughs> if you're using your mobile device, you could go on the Google Podcasts app or the <laughs> Apple Podcasts app, which I think is stock on almost every phone now. If you just go on there, search Football After Dark, we will show up. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at F-A-D-P-O-D or FADPOD. F-A-D-P-O-D? Yes, sir. You can also do that on Facebook. If you just hit at FADPOD, F-A-D-P-O-D, we will show up. If you want to follow our personal Twitters, which I only half recommend, for, yeah. I mean for half of us, because I don't tweet much about sports and neither does Matt, but Corey has a dedicated Twitter to sports called, it's at Corey on Sports. You should follow it. It's great. He makes a lot of really nice memes. Kuiper is at Real Nate Kuiper. He, he tweets a lot about sports in a show he does every Monday called Kuiper Knows Best. If you want the link for that, it is ysnlive.com slash Kuiper. I will put it in the description. If you want to listen to him every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you didn't listen to me last Monday. Uh, he was uh, I only, a little raspy. I only, last, I only made it through about 75 minutes of show, <laughs> and then my voice just, for some reason, gave out on me. I don't Ugh. really know. 
It didn't want, make any sense. I don't know what happened. If you want to listen, if you want to read the obnoxious bullshit that I uh, tweet at three o'clock in the morning when I'm really tired on my Twitter, you can follow me at your boy Jusby. Then you could also follow Matt Dustman at L F T E N J A M I N. Yeah. Thank you. I only talk about anime in Kansas City, you know, and, and not even like, and not if even like the those. popular anime, you know. It's like <laughs> my anime. So either those following your interests, you can go ahead and follow him. And if you want just sports focused stuff, I would follow Corey Kuiper and our official Twitter at FatPod. That's F A D P O D. 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 And with Everybody that, else did it. <laughs> One, two, three. F-A-D-P-O-D. I just cringed a little bit. <laughs> I'll be signing off. I'll see you guys next week.